podcast fans. Thank you so much for coming back. Welcome. So we have talked about Worldwide Dream Builders. We have slightly mentioned Brit Worldwide. And these are all lines of affiliation that are associated with the Amway Corporation. And today I, I learned and we are going to continue learning about another line of affiliation known as UR Association or URA. And they are another line of affiliation that, from my understanding, is basically the same thing as Brit Worldwide and Worldwide Dream Builders. So quick disclaimer, again, we are speaking based on personal experiences. Every name has been changed for upline. No beef with the Amway Corporation. They are just, you know, they're just the products. They are just the distribution company. It's these lines of affiliation, like Worldwide, Brit Worldwide, and URA that are so problematic. And I feel like we all have a right to hear people's personal experiences. So today I actually have a brand new guest with us today, someone who had reached out to me and wants to share their story. And what's really cool about this person is that they actually have started sharing their story already on social media. So he is the author and creator and founder of the blog, The Financial Jonestown. This name is so fitting. I was so excited when I saw the name and I ha- I will definitely post the link on Instagram. I'll post it in the notes for Spotify and Apple Music. Check it out because there's some really in-depth information here that is so worth learning and going into. So I would like to welcome our guest, Taylor. Hi, Taylor. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? If I was any better, I'd be you. Hey. <laughs> so um, how did you learn about the X's and T podcast? Like, where did you find me at? Actually, you found me when you uh, when you posted in the Facebook group about you were wanting to find uh, people who would be willing to share their stories about about their time in, um, in these Amway L- LOAs. I said, you know, I got this blog. I would love to share, you know, my story if you'd like, you know, and we went from there. As we've mentioned in the past, Zay and Melody, um, they really just started a fire um, when they were discussing Amway. They created this Facebook page, and now we have like an entire community of ex-members of different LOAs, lines of affiliation for the Amway Corporation. And the more that I have learned from other people, the more I understand that our stories, while they have similarities, they're all different, but it all comes down to the same thing, that these lines of affiliation are extremely predatory. They are causing like actual trauma in people's lives. And there's so much that needs to be said about, again, people's own personal experiences. We're not here to slander anybody or give out any false information. We're just speaking on what we know. And so Taylor, I did, I looked through your blog and again, that name financial Jonestown, that's so dope. Like (laughs) I I think it's, it's so fitting. Um, So why is it initially that you started this blog and why do you think it's so important to get your story out there? Well, I mean, it, and the thing is I, I look at like say and Melody and I talk to you and I've talked to other people who have been in what I call AMOs, Amway Motivational Organizations. That was kind of the term that I had, that I had heard. That's what I referenced in my blog. You know, I spent a lot, I didn't spend a lot of time in there. I, I saw it really quick and got out while the getting was good. And I, I lost maybe a few hundred bucks, you know, while other people have lost your salaries and, and more have lost property. You know, it's, 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 I mean, I, I look at some of these stories and it's just like, oh my gosh, God, God bless God for, you know, for me, for giving me the foresight to get out quick. But 
um, it, to me, I just, I look back, I mean, I'm not, a lot of people who are close to me can tell you I can be a little vengeful. I can have a grudge, you know, a tendency to hold a grudge. I've tried to, you know, spend the last few years of my life kind of letting that part of me go and kind of being better. Um, but I look at what's going on and I see the Instagrams of these diamonds posting how, how their life is so amazing. And it's like, you lie to people, you rip people off, you, and, and basically the, the word, a lot of people use a lot of words with when it comes to Amway, none I could probably repeat, but a lot of people use scam, pyramid, things of that nature. What it to me, the word that always stuck out to me was cult. It was yeah. very much like a cult. And I mean, you watch, like I said, and that's why the finance, that's where the, the name, the financial Jonestown comes from is the, you know, the cult and drinking the Kool-Aid and, you know, it's, it's, and you go to the roots of cultism. Cause I mean, I've always had kind of a minor fascination with them. You know, I studied Jonestown, looked at heaven's gate, um, I think that's one of the reasons why my favorite video game is Far Cry Five because you take on a, rel- a religious fanatical cult. Um, you know, I studied. Yeah. The branch, I've, I've done a lot of deep studies into the Branch Davidians. You know, Waco, David Koresh, and things of that nature. And basically, what happens is, and you know, you you saw it. Um, I remember there was a great documentary I watched when I was uh, in middle school called Skinheads: USA Soldiers of the Race War. It was an America Undercover yes. documentary. Do you, you remember that? I've heard of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the, the guy who was their skinhead leader, Bill Recio, you know, and I don't mind mentioning his name because if the shoe fits, wear it. But he, yeah. he's, you know, he's a Nazi scumbag, basically. And he was taking these disenfranchised youths who were abused by their parents and, you know, needed a place of belonging. And he would say, well, come here. And, you know, he, he even said in an interview, he said, we'll take your broken toys. You know, we'll, we'll fix them. Well, you know, you're white. You got a place with us. And he indoctrinated them with all of this hatred and stuff. And a lot of kids, thank God, have gotten out and have, you know, looked back at the manipulation. But that's really what, I'm not saying Amway, not because it's not Amway, but these Amway motivational organizations, these LOAs, what they do is they take people who are broken financially or hungry for that, you know, because I mean, it just seems like in in America, you've always got to, you know, you've always got to have more. And I'm, I'm guilty yeah. of that myself just as much as anybody else. But oh yeah. so they, they say, Hey, we can, we can do this for you and, you know, keep paying your money and come and seeing this. And then they use the love bombing and the, they entice you with a good atmosphere because like for me, fitting in was never a big thing for me. I didn't, I never, I've never had to fit in, you know, I've always loved being myself too much. But I do have a desire to be around positive people and good vibes. I don't like being around negative people. I don't like being around people who don't care, who are apathetic. I don't want your problems. You know, I, I yeah. can be there for you and help you through your problems. But, you know, I want to be around the people who are feeling good and who are going to, you know, you know, I, one of my favorite pictures is around the Internet. It's a pack of it's a pride of lions. And it says surround yourself with those on the same mission as you. And so when you kind of get around those people, you love it. And so it's, and and then meanwhile, the whole time you're getting swindled. And I think you bring up such a good point that all of these, so again, these are alleged terms, right? Pyramid, scam, um, just any term that we use like that, of course, just already pre-know that it's just an alleged thing Um, for legal purposes. Don't sue me. Uh, Also don't sue Taylor. Yeah. But when you talk about all of the things that cults have in common, it is the, that whole predatory notion. Um, Have you seen or heard of Stephen Hassan's bite model? Yeah. I I had come across that ever since I got, see, like I did, I did research into Amway before I got into it, you know, because you hear things. And the thing was, I didn't, I didn't find like, 
it's one of those hot stove lessons. They can tell you don't touch the stove. You just got to get burned before you learn. But I mean, I found, you know, there were people who had success, but I was also under the impression that everybody was succeeding, you know? And so, but when I've done a lot of research after, but I, as the bike model, I did come across it and, you know, kind of skimmed over it. I know you have a little more in-depth knowledge of it, but I did come across that bike model. Yes. Yeah. So essentially um, I'm just going to go over it super, super briefly. We actually, um, I'm really excited. We have a whole episode planned to go over um, cults and doctrination and um, the theology behind it. So I'm really excited. Stay tuned for that. But the bite model is essentially, so it's behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotional control. So B-I-T-E. So that's where bite comes from. So you go through just this whole list that he has. I'm not going to go over everything, but there are like three key things that when I think of the lines of affiliation, like worldwide, worldwide, and URA, it's um, so information control. That is huge. Somebody put it to me before. And the way that she said it, she said that they told her in um, her conferences that they're trying to clean up the internet. So they're talking against censorship, but they are quite literally censoring people like me, people like you, who are just sharing our experiences because they don't want the negative out there. So that's a huge part of information control. Behavior control, um, financial exploitation, manipulation, or dependence. That's quite literally what you were saying is they go after people who are broke. They go after people who are so depleted of their resources. And then, you know, you go down to thought control. They do require like a membership to internalize the group's doctrine is truth. Like worldwide, that was premier membership. That was having standing order. That was listening to the audios 24 seven, basically. And then of course the, the emotional control. So he says, you make the person feel that problems are always their own fault, never the leaders or the group's fault. And that is so true because I feel like that correlates with, with like with worldwide, we had the, uh, four cardinal rules. And basically one of them was that you can't pass negative downline and one of the biggest or cross line. And our leaders would say, you don't embarrass us. You can't, they would say, they would say it as you don't embarrass somebody else, but it was most importantly, you don't embarrass your upline basically. So those again are just four pieces of this bite model. Again, I'm going to plan on going into more depth with it later, but those are things that all cults have in common. And again, cult-like environment alleged, whatever. But you're absolutely right when you say cult, because I think what, when my parents were, were seeing me be a part of this organization, my dad would say the word cult, but then he would like backpedal because he didn't want to directly criticize me and know that I was just going to defend it more. He would say things like, don't you see how this is manipulation? Don't you see how there's a leader on top and all these different things sprinkled down? It's like a pyramid scheme. And and of course, I didn't listen back then. But of course, like well, you said, and, and to, to, to piggyback off that a little bit, yeah. they use they, they talk about they address the pyramid scheme. And in this point, I will give them credit because they are correct for this. Capitalism is a pyramid. There's a top guy that makes the most and everybody below him makes less. That is that is true. So that's why I've avoided yeah. the term pyramid. You know, I don't necessarily determine because that is an actual, you know, that's a that's facts. Yeah, they really do. They lean into it. I remember one of my leaders would say that he's like he would draw it on who draw it on the whiteboard that he had he would say well here's your guy on top your ceo here and then he would say here's your oos and then he would draw x's and all the way down then here's you but at the very bottom of the pyramid i mean he's not wrong there that's exactly how a company is structured the difference is is i don't have to pay to work at my company (laughs) and if you do that's a red flag where were you at in your life 
when you were exposed to Amway, like what was your vision for yourself before you got involved? Like, what did your goals look like? Well, I, it was, I've always said, you know, sometimes fate just, you know, was not on my side in, in terms of the professional world. When I got out of college, I graduated in 08 and I had a degree in journalism. Now journalism necessarily isn't business or nursing. It's not going to be the most, it's not the most job fertile degree. But when I was doing my research, it said you could get into marketing, public relations. I'm, I mean, I'm a sports journalist by trade. Like every, if you have a natural craft, if everyone has a natural craft, that's mine. You know, like the way a baker or a welder or a carpenter is a sports journalist was my natural trade and but I wanted to get into marketing or public relations I said I really just wanted a good nine to five job so I could have softball support my softball habit on the nights and weekends it really wasn't a big deal for me as long as I made some adequate salaries but when I graduated was right when the housing bubble happened what you saw in the movie the big short with you know the housing bubble and the economy just went completely in the tank and i was working you know part-time at a local news affiliate but i got laid off in 2011 and for a year i mean it was just i could not find anything and i just completely hit rock bottom I'm emotionally financially you name it i was still living at home i mean just depression was huge so i went back to school and i had taken a, a work study job at a local elementary school and the teacher I worked with was like you need to be a teacher so I decided to reroute and, and go that way but I was going to have to you know eat crap for a couple more years before I could get going so during this time in 2012 this is when you know my applied sponsor Matthew who I refer to as Matthew got a hold of me actually it wasn't him it was somebody else who got a hold of me it was his downline that got a hold of me you know and so when they showed me the plan at, at first it was pitched as this will be a great way to make some extra money and now you can see in a lot of, of Amway you know motivational organizations or in any Amway LOA there are people you just look at them like they're not gonna make it they got the personality for it they got the the network for it I had everything from a personal standpoint not to brag on myself but I had what they were looking for or what any kind of group like this would look for i have a you know i've been known to have a big personality very vibrant you know i'll, I'll talk I, there's not a, a stranger it's just someone i haven't met yet and then i had we lived in a small town in indiana but there was four metropolitan areas within two hours drive you had evansville indianapolis cincinnati and louisville louisville was half an hour Indy was two hours hour and a half to cincy two hours to evansville and i had friends and contacts in every one of those cities so my network, I'm like, this could work for me. I could make this yeah. happen, you know? And I mean, they, that's why they wanted me because they knew I had a huge network and I had a, you know, I was a very motivated individual and had that drive. So it took me two years before I really decided to do it. You know, I kind of kept in contact on and off and I mean, we'll get down the line, but you know, I went to the winter, the summer conference in 2013 and then signed up in 2014. That's how it eventually kicked off. But they, they found me when I was at rock bottom. For All sure. right. So, Wow. Okay. I mean, hey, it sounds like during that time, you know, you really had some time to think about it. And like you said, mm -hmm. you did some research prior to, and that is quite a bit of time to have been exposed, know a little bit about it and give yourself some time to really decide. And I feel like those major functions, unfortunately, they are designed to do that. They're really designed to like captivate you and, and decide or make it the deciding factor that you that want. In. And that, that was the clincher. That, yeah. <laughs> so in total, how long were you actually signed up in URA? I was a member. Okay. So there's, there's the Amway affiliation, my Amway business, you know, quote unquote, I was a member of URA. I was a member of Amway for a year and a half total, but I was a okay. member of URA for only three months. I signed up in July yeah. and I got it by October. I was like, Nope, gotta go. And I bailed. And I tried to see if right. I 
on my own, but I could and you know, stick with the organization. You know, I had ended up getting a little bit of a down a line put under me. And I thought maybe I could just sell some products and make some extra money. But when I realized that was a wash and I was just still so pissed off about everything, I was just like, you know what? I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a fantastic point is the fact that you you do start to think. And, and I think I had the same thought as well when I was leaving. I mean, of course, I never tried, <laughs> but it was always kind of that thought in the back of your head. And that was like, I feel like I could do this without these people and without all mm -hmm. of the things that come yep. with their quote mentorship. So in you are, I had a better, from shot. I had a better even though I didn't succeed, I, I had a better shot not dropping my money in that money pit. So right, right, exactly. Um, so I know that there are quite a few similarities between, you know, Brit Worldwide, Worldwide, and URA. What is a little bit of the history of URA and how does it connect to these other LOAs? I don't know the how or the why um, okay. when they when they disconnected, but I know that URA was a part of Brit Worldwide. Uh, if you look back to the, there's a Dateline documentary that's on YouTube where they investigated Quickstar, an organization called Quickstar, which is basically just Amway repackaged. And they investigated Brit Worldwide. And I know that that's where my organization broke off from. But if you watch there, you can see Larry Winters from L, from another LOA called LTD, Leadership Team Development, right, which actually yeah. which actually has a big stake in my area because they had a conference in Louisville at Freedom Hall, you know, uh, where the Louisville Cardinals used to play. So they they were actually a little bit bigger than us. But yeah, that's kind of where the the whole thing had broken broken off from. That makes sense. That's kind of how Worldwide started as well. Is um, the creators of worldwide they broke off from Brit worldwide they and created Brit, worldwide yep. dream builders yeah so this uh -huh. Brit worldwide man it, it's just insane i would eventually hope to and love to go into the depths of all of these organizations when you know there's time to do an entire episode on it because it's so fascinating how everything started and where it is now because there's many lines of affiliation these are only four there's a, an amway wiki page that will tell will show you all of the lines of affiliation yeah. And, and there's quite a few. So when you were around, was there any expectations as far as like PV amounts that you had to like reach every month? Was there um, like, kind of like we mentioned the cardinal rules, was there something similar to that? And what were your meeting and conference expectations? <laughs> God, my brain just gets fried hearing those questions. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> I think, no, no, no. I think in my personal circle, I had to be responsible for generating 150 PV, which would be about $450 in sales a month, yeah. you know, selling laundry detergent and, you know, energy drinks. And I had actually had kind of a plan with that, with the energy drinks. The energy drink that have excess is actually very good. It really is good. That's not bad. I liked it. Yeah, I, I liked it. Several flavors and stuff. And if I could have, I, I said, you know, with my contacts at high schools and softball parks, I would have loved to have tried to like find a model where I could wholesale that to yeah. those parks. But it just wasn't possible, you know? And it, yeah. when you, you realize quickly that it's really for personal consumption, well, how the heck am I supposed to sell it, you know, sell $400 a month, which, you know, you calculate is close to six grand a year in energy drinks and laundry soap, especially when you're competing with Walmart, like Walmart's the, the place in where I was living. How am I supposed to tell them to buy $10 deodorant when they can get it for $250? And I talk about that in the, yes. Yeah, what was it? Skittles, Mountain Dew Freezes, and Tiger Woods, I believe is what I call the, the blog entry um, about yeah. how much all that stuff costs. And it, I mean, ugh, just <laughs> ridiculous. No, so, you're not wrong. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's so that was kind of the goal. Then it really, 
and that's kind of what what I think was really one of the things that turned me off really bad was you just couldn't and I have real bad ADD you know my ADD is strange you know I'll sit here squirrel you know but it was like show the plan um sell stuff and you know we we have well, they were weekly cult meetings given a real fancy name like weekly business briefings it was oh god I just, yep. the, the every time i hear week if i ever hear weekly business briefings again i want to punch the person in the face who ever tells me that because it's just it's such horse sight you know weekly business briefings oh, yeah. it's, the cult meeting is what it is you know well so, for sure it is yeah, yeah, and it's really, and that's another thing. It was, it's like, okay, I was trying to get a downline going because you needed to make money by having a downline. So, I mean, I was showing the plan and trying to reach out to people. I mean, it was also trying to sell products, but I mean, I, I said at the time, because I mean, I didn't have any money to buy sample products and stuff. And so Matthew, God love him, was just, you know, he bought sample packs and then like would give it to, a bundle to us to like loan to somebody so they could use it for a week. Wow. And then back like i mean you know he i was mad at him for a little bit after the after i quit but my mom you know brought up a really interesting point she said he got convinced by someone who you got convinced by someone who knew what they were doing just like he got convinced by someone who knew what they were doing he just loved his wife and hated his job and he wanted to make a better life for everybody you know and and he just he was so motivated and so driven you know and i don't hold any anger towards him at all you know he it's he got into that, he got into this business with good intentions but we often know where that road leads and so yeah. but anyway so we're trying to we couldn't get really a lot of clarity you know and my head was spinning because i'm, I'm trying to get a job i'm or i mean i was substitute teaching at the time at by this point yeah i'm substitute teaching i'm trying to you know get into coaching and you know, I've just got other things I also want to do with my life. I don't want this thing to be in my be what consumes me. You know what I mean? I want this to be a part time gig, and it just felt like every every other day I had something to do. I had to be at a weekly business briefing, which I would have to drive you know thirty minutes away to meet everybody, and we'd have to use the crappy Wi Fi, and we couldn't get connection. It just it was it was there was not a lot of efficiency. I think now that now that I'm just talking to you about this, I just don't think there was a lot of efficiency in the group. You know, we we had to get on this conference call and get on this thing. And I'm like, how can we freaking grow? You know, how am I supposed to grow this thing? And and that kind of goes back to and I'm sure, like I said, I'll try to reserve these for other for you know, your questions down the, the line. But it just seemed like we were doing everything except growing or except moving in the right direction. You know, you might like, if yes. your car's stuck in the mud and you're pushing. It's tiring and it's gruesome. But if you are moving forward, even if it's just inch by inch by inch, you at least know that you're making progress and you will eventually be out of this mud hole, you know, and it wasn't like that. I just felt like I was trying to, to move a. 10,000 pound statue I, I couldn't and it was just wearing me out and I think that that's kind of what you know led to me one of the reasons why I just decided like this sucks you know yeah no absolutely and and with all of that with the pv amounts did they push retail or did they ever try to encourage personal use like buying that entire personal use was encouraged more than selling retail that doesn't surprise me <laughs> No, well, well, that's where the ditto comes in, you yeah. know, or what you called standing order. And I wrote I, my most recent, I, I haven't posted it in a few years, but my last post was called Be Sure to Do Your Ditto, you know, because it was, it, yes. it was talking about how fanatical they were about doing their ditto. And I remember my uplines, it's, they're now married. Um, he was, what I called her upline platinum, he wasn't a platinum. He was just kind of what they call an arrow, a leader. And his 
fiance at the time was just like she was just talking to him and i was overhearing so like there's no reason for people not to do their ditto it's just frustrating people don't do their ditto and i'm thinking like yeah girl like you know it's like yes i mean it was like a demonic type rant you know and i'm like bro i ain't got 150 dollars lying around per month to buy a bunch of crap that i don't need to use oh yeah yeah absolutely and and um one of the previous episodes um that by the time this comes out will have been put out she talks about how her she would hear her own upline talk about the fact that they would do their ditto over everything else they would be day one and they would forego like diapers for their baby they would forego yeah they would forego rent they would forego electricity just for that damn day one ditto and how who needs hot water in a place to live we got excess perfect water oh yeah (laughs) i mean you're not wrong and and that ditto really does kill people like it kills them financially because i was a single mom when i was in i was expected to do 200 pv and then what they would tell us and like me and that girl jessica i was just talking about we'll go over it in her episode and if you've heard it you know you know but they would tell us to buy all 200 pb and they would say well you could try to sell some they never pushed retail back then and our uh the the club owner is what i refer to him as or taylor if you're from the pdx area you've been around or you've heard zay and melody's story you know who this guy and his wife are and he would always push us yeah so they would always push us to do 200 or 300 for couples but you were supposed to write in because back then on the ibo side you could put in your customer volume and you just put 50 pb in for whoever you named in there i would say my mom they would say sell it to your mom sell it to your grandma sell it to your goldfish i don't care because you drank it in front of somebody that is um, advertising or something is how they would justify it or they would say you're also the customer as well and it's so crazy because now now you can't do that you have to have a customer account to buy that pv amount for it to count towards your quote legit business but under the radar behind the scenes off the record these leaders are telling their ibos allegedly of course these are all based on personal experiences but they are telling people to just create those customer accounts on their own and buy through those accounts and like jessica had mentioned she said that she sent it to her grandma she sent it to her dad she sent it to her mom's house just for that customer volume And it's crazy the deception behind that because that is quite literally what made them allegedly a pyramid scheme and and some sort of scam. I always wondered how they padded. And I remember Matthew actually mentioning that to me kind of subtly. When I look back, I'm like, oh, because you wondered how people, there's no way these people are, like these top guys are selling this much stuff. They're probably buying it for themselves and writing them off as customer volume. You know, and that makes a lot of sense to me now. But that that personal consumption thing, it was, and this was one of the, this was like one of the initial, there was, I mean, there were several red flags. I I can't really find the, the initial red flag, but this was one of them for sure. And I wrote this in my piece called Skittles, Mountain Dew Freezes in Tiger Woods, A Love Story, where I used to go and get a Mountain Dew Freeze after I would take batting practice. I'm a softball player, so I practice a lot. And a Circle K would have a Mountain Dew Freeze. 
at the time it was a buck, you know, maybe less than that. And I remember I posted on my Instagram, you know, just me with a Mountain Dew freeze, like, you know, perfect post batting practice drink right here, something of that nature. And then the day that we went to summer conference was when I was working also part-time with the YMCA. That's when the money hit my account. My paycheck hit my account that day. So I didn't have time to like buy any kind of, you know, granola bars or any Amway products. So I had to go to Walmart and I just got some, you know, beef jerky and candy bars and I got some Skittles dark side, which is the, which if you are listening, if you ever have a chance to try dark side Skittles and you have not, you are missing out. They, they are the best pack of Skittles you will ever have in your life. You're welcome. Shameless dark side Skittles plug right here. Okay. That's, that's the best kind. So anyway, I, I, right before the evening session start, I pull out a bat, pull out that box of Skittles and Matthew start gets real upset. And he's like, look, you know, you need to start eating our products. You know, you start eating, you know, Amway's products. And I, I said, I understand, but I mean, I had, you know, to just, he goes, yeah, I, I know, I know, I don't know, but you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, and you need to stop drinking Mountain Dew Freezes and start drinking excess. I'm like, but I was like thirsty at the moment and it was a buck and excess sells for $24 a pack. You know, I can't really, yeah. it's like, oh, and what do you, he's like, I know, I'll teach you, I'll teach. You. I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, so let me get this straight. I get done with batting practice. I'm thirsty. Go down, spend a dollar Circle K to get a Mountain Dew freezer. I can save up twenty four bucks, you know, and or or I mean, I get it. You can buy buy in advance and just take it with you, but it's like, you know, that's three and a half weeks worth of Mountain Dew freezes for twelve oh, yeah. excesses. Not to say that I don't like excess, but it's like I'm not in that position financially, and it was. I mean, yeah, so the personal consumption was great, and then Mr. Prince, who was our upline, the upline diamond super stud guy he um you know he had talked about you know if you use other products shame on you shame on you and i mean that's from an actual recording and then somebody had had i remember i saw on twitter one time somebody quoted him as saying do you see tiger woods wearing adidas for those of you who don't know he was always sponsored by nike and he said then why would you use other products and i'm thinking okay that makes no sense at all tiger woods gets his nike stuff at no cost to him he gets paid by Nike to wear their gear also. So I tell you what, you pay me to endorse the Amway products and give me all my stuff at no cost to me. I'll, I'm your man. But if I said, if you ever use that as a reference, that's a whiff. Tiger Woods does not do that by choice. He's contractually obligated because Nike butters his bread. Yeah, that is such a good point. They would use those really almost outlandish comparisons. Like they would say, like that worldwide was like hamburger university for McDonald's. They're teaching you how to franchise supposedly. And what's really funny is they would use these examples. And I remember looking into Ray Kroc. That guy is devious. He is not a good person. Oh, he stole that company from the McDonald's oh, brothers. Like EOS. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Founder that, that talks yes. about was exactly just that he had a perfect last name he was a crook and he was a crock for sure but they yeah. would also say for our business attire um we you know there was a required dress code that we had oh, yeah. to do we would have did you guys have meetings teaching you step by step how to dress no it was kind of just like you know we're business because you know we're business attire because we're business you know we're business people we got we got basically we got to play dress up pretend that we were yeah we were entrepreneurs you know <laughs> 
they would do that to us. They would step by step have meetings. They called nuts and bolts where they teach you exactly how to dress. And they would tell you, you need to look like your upline. And they would put, they would spin it this way. They would say, well, you don't see the Seahawks not wearing their uniforms because the Seahawks, you know, from the Pacific Northwest, that's our local But they don't want you to go watch football games. Yeah, exactly. Then they would say you're Seahawk buddies. That's what the crown guy in uh, Worldwide Dream Builders would say. I'm sure we've talked about him before. You've heard of him, the big top. Yeah, I don't name him, but if you know, you know who he is. Oh, exactly. And he would say that kind of stuff. He would he would say that example. Then he turn around and say, "Your Seahawk buddy is like your drinking buddies. You don't want to do any of that." And um, he would also talk heavily. So so the dress code was important. They would use those examples. But then you're talking about the the books and reading materials, and all of the quote business apps that you needed, they would refer to that as your overhead. And then they would say, well, you don't have to spend as much as a million dollars to own Hamburger University or your own McDonald's. They would say your overhead is only 115 to $120 and try to spin it that way. They would, they would separate the business tools from your personal consumption. Our estimated monthly required spending that's not including conferences that's not including gas to to business meetings which we were expected to attend at least one a week but if there were more we were expected to go to every single one that was easily a thousand dollars for a single or maybe like 1500 for a couple and that was all the business tools and everything so did you guys have required business tools and reading materials that you were expected to use from them they had they had and it's it's funny the nine core steps you know read 30 minutes a day and you look at those nine core steps and a lot of them have to do with indoctrination and you notice that selling products you know is not is not really at the top it's in the middle you know somewhere and you know it's like you talked about how you know the hamburger university analogy it's like show me how much the fir- the guy made in the first year at hamburger university and what he's projected to make to recoup as well compared to playing amway i'd love to see that number they don't want to talk about that one though i'm sure but um right. You know, as far as like there was now what was cool was I'm a Dallas, I'm a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. And one of the books to read was the Landry Legacy. You know, so I did get I mean, there are good books and you do learn things from those books. But I remember I couldn't um, get a a book. I'd already read a couple books in the list. And I um, I had gotten the book Built to Win by John Sherholtz, who's the GM of the who was the general manager of the Atlanta Braves, my favorite baseball team. And they won 14 straight division championships. And so Sherholtz talks about he was the architect of that. And, you know, I asked Matthew, I said, you know, what about this book? You know, it talks about mindset and business processes. He goes, yeah, but you should probably just stick to the list. You know, it's probably not the best thing to do. And, you know, I mean, there, there, there could have been, there could have been, I mean, he didn't even want me to, there was actually a person in my area, like in my, my community who had retired from Amway. And he was, he did it back in the seventies, I think back when it was probably was the better time to be a part of it before it became, you know, what it was, but I was going to talk to him. How'd you do it? And I, he, I was discouraged by Matthew to talk to him because it's different now, you know, and everything. And that's the big yeah. thing. The, how did you do it? you never really find out. You nope. never really find out. Exactly. And and what's interesting, and this is alleged, this is a guess. I don't know for sure if this is how it happens. So again, don't sue me. You but all there has been... loud proud. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have heard allegedly, and a lot of people talk about this, that the upline, like, I don't know what level, but definitely diamonds are getting paid 
based on these materials because in worldwide well, yeah. you could well you could buy the books they would never tell us that they would say these are all like this money goes to the worldwide dream builders building it goes to their employees that's how they would yeah it's bullshit and um or at least allegedly bullshit but it's bullshit like, i'll say it you know <laughs> bullshit I mean, for sure, sorry because for all my family okay. friends, church members that just heard me say that i'm sorry i got a little worked up but no it's okay because i just remembered and i forgot about this every other time but we had a book list and we would buy those books through the worldwide app we were discouraged from going to amazon we were discouraged like from college, Audible. it's like the college bookstore <laughs> yes exactly and i just remembered that and the same thing people would highly discourage us from looking into how other successful amway people had done things very similar to your situation because that was cross-lining that's not okay everything like you said everything's different now but then they would also say you know you have to read this book list and again i i'm so with you there there are some great books um how to win friends and influence people will always be one of my favorites so will dale carnegie's um oh uh -huh. how to stop worrying and start living love that book but then you have books like love and respect which again is that indoctrination and an incredibly misogynistic book we did an episode about it in you know like a week or two ago and um reading that book just pissed me off so much because it goes into how this organization and how these multiple organizations are very cult-like because mm. they're putting men on top of women women have no voices and that's the type of bullshit that they are pushing to their members um so again i think it's interesting that your upline matthew was like no don't read that book despite it was going to teach you something but it's not what they want you to learn and, and here's the thing they actually their group just thinking about they might actually be more successful in retain in retaining people if the money that you paid through those apps went to pay for your hotel rooms at the conference yes maybe if they would have maybe if they would have reinvested that money and of course now they're probably listening like oh write that down you know right right <laughs> if any if any of you if you cultists are listening congratulations you just you just got some free advice great job but um but that's the thing it's like but it's not and that's and that was one of the things that when i had my argument with matthew i said where's the money go Where's all that money going? Exactly. You pay 100 for a ticket. You know, obviously the hotel, the, the hotel got the money from, from the hotels. But where is all this money going? And he said, well, it goes to the URA app. And I'm like, dude, it don't yes. cost to run an app, bro. I said, brother, pulling six figures a conference. Because our organization was small. I mean, I, I shudder to think what Brit Worldwide or WWDB made. Oh, my gosh. The <laughs> Yes, you're so right. It's like they would tell us think if that. If you make a dollar, you make one dollar, one percent off of a third arena show where there's 20,000 people four times a year. You oh, make yeah. 80 grand by just getting on stage and talking about how great your life is. That's the best gig exactly. in the world up there, man. Well, they would push it as they, these people are coming up for free from the kindness of their heart. But COVID exposed <laughs> so right. much. That's and right. So That's, hope had come on for their time. Yes. Yeah, oh, right, right. So hope came on, and she said the same thing because she was in around the same time I was. Where again, we were told that these people are coming in for free. We're just paying for the arena, and we're just paying for you know that sort now, of thing. Arena, which I go to concerts. Arena, you can you can argue the sense. arena a little bit but that's still they don't cost that much to rent out an arena oh exactly Concerts would never and make any money you'd never make any money 
No, I mean, the only people who are paying that that kind of equivalent amount are people who are paying for the good like pit tickets, basically. Anybody else is paying maybe, maybe 70 bucks a ticket, depending on who you're seeing. Of course, if you're going to go see Taylor Swift, you're paying like out the ass, but I I was um, in, I was in a, I was in the first section. I went and saw Slipknot last, last uh, June, but I I was just a year ago, a couple of days today. And I paid a hundred bucks for my ticket. I was, I was, I wasn't like front row. I wasn't, you know, in the nosebleeds, but I mean, the nosebleeds costed probably 75. 80 you know oh yeah so it's a it's affordable for the everyday person and that's how you know you're well one you're also supporting an artist which i know you and i had (laughs) talked about before right but when covid hit they were still charging full price for these tickets and there's no arena it's on zoom exactly and it's like damn i felt so much more swindled than i already had because like you're paying full price for what a zoom meeting. That's how you know that they're allegedly yeah. getting paid. And the only reason I'm saying allegedly is purely because uh, it's all speculation for me. I can't prove it. And, and it's all just word of mouth, which is fair um, to them. Yeah. I'm not trying to get sued, but I do believe that they are getting paid on these apps. It went somewhere. I, yeah, exactly. And I don't buy that they're making these top numbers that they are with what they're advertising from Amway either. And I I think it's right. It's so deceptive. Um, So it's crazy how we go through being a part of this organization. Some people, like you said, for a short period of time, some people for longer, what was your, at the very least, even if it was a short lived, what was your honeymoon phase? Like, or what were some of the things that were maybe a little bit more of a positive experience at first? Before I get into that, I do want to follow up with what you said. If you ask okay. musicians, how do musicians make their money? They don't get it from album sales. They get it from touring. Not anymore, yeah. Their merch. Yep. That's what I'm saying. So, so that's what, well, they weren't even, even back then in the 60s, 70s, I mean, they were, they were making money from touring from concerts. It's the same thing with yeah. Amway. You're not, they're not making all their money from the sales of Amway. They're making it from, allegedly, from, you know, the Buku bucks they're taking at Gapies and tools. That's what it is. And a lot of, I mean, there's actually been, uplines who have said that on camera on that dateline investigation they talk about the most of their money comes from the rallies and the books and the tapes so but then so basically the honeymoon phase back into that um when i went to the summer conference in 2013 we actually i mean there was probably there was 25 30 probably 3,000 people there maybe maybe less i don't know maybe maybe it's a thousand two thousand there's a lot of people i'll say that and you just you're around this, I mean, vibrant atmosphere. A big saying in our group was game time. You know, it's game time, you know. And for the longest time, I wondered when we get when we were gonna get to actually play the game. Um, because you know, we talked about game time all the time, but we didn't I don't remember playing the game very much. I just remember a lot of, you know, pregame locker room speeches. So we go there and there's music, and I mean, there's just it's this it's a very vibrant atmosphere. Matthew had used the analogy, he's never seen so many sober people that happy at one point, you know, and they, they were doing a conga line and they were, you know, rocking out on the stage to the music. And I and I you look around this as an outsider and you're like, Man, these guys must be making money. Right. How could you not be that ha- how could you not be that, you know? they're obviously they're happy for a reason they're making money and it wasn't it was just that was basically you basically just changed your your concert going style you know you're just going to a different concert i go to a slipknot concert and i mean even at 40 i'm going crazy there's videos of me you know singing along with the lyrics and acting acting absolutely and you know so they they were basically just doing that just but just to these you know these upline people these you know upline diamonds and, and crowns and so when I see it and I see the people on stage, I'm like, wow, they succeeded in this business. 
they've sold products, they've recruited downline, they've helped their downlines grow. You know, these people, and when I first saw Mr. Prince speak, I said, man, dude, I just want, I want to hang around this guy. I just hope his energy rubs off. You know, you just, you want, like I said, at the beginning, you want to be around those positive people. These people are motivated and, and pumped up and happy. And it's like, man, I want to be around this group. I want to, you know, be ingratiated into this group. But the whole time you're realizing that it's, it's almost like a drug. They're on, they're on a drug of, of hope. You know, it's, it's like heroin, hope flavored heroin. You know, they're, they're just injecting themselves constantly with one day I'll be financially free. If I keep jabbing financial freedom, financial jab, 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 you know, until you realize one day, boom, you know, you're, yep. you're completely busted. And, you know, and that's the thing, you know, they talked about concerts, you know, because concerts make you feel good. I go to, you know, slow down concert or see a favorite band of my I feel great when it's done. You know, I've got some bad energy out and I'm really feeling happy. And but they would discourage concerts and football games and stuff like that. And, you know, it, it's the you know, they would say, you know, you pay all this money to go see, you know, concerts, you know, but you won't come here and grow. And I said, well, here and then I came to the conclusion and I talked to you about this in our, our pre podcast conversation. When I pay a ticket to go to a concert. I pay to go see Slipknot. It's capitalism. It's an exchange for, of goods and services. I'm giving you my money. And for an hour and a half, you're going to play some of your songs. I'm going to hear your songs. You may not play the, all the songs I want to hear, but you're going to play X amount of songs. I'm going to rock out. And that's the fair exchange. When you go to a football game, you know, if I to go, pay to go see the Cowboys play, I pay to watch four quarters, you know, plus an overtime if it's necessary. There's going to be a winner and a loser or a tie. There's no guarantee that the Cowboys will win, but I know that buying the ticket. I'm getting what I paid for. I paid to watch a football game. I watch the football game. I go home. I got what I paid for. With the URA and and any other LOA, you're paying because they're telling you this is how your business grows. If you miss this conference, your business is set back six months. You won't learn anything. You won't do anything. And I remember getting there, and I remember when I when I finally registered and joined the group i was really excited to like okay now i'm a member now i'm in let's go feed me i'm ready to grow and i remember them getting up there and talking about nothing just talking about nothing Uh, we had a recent person that went uh diamond i don't know if i sent you the video they had the youtube video of their diamond celebration did you see that yeah you did super cringy wasn't it did you did you catch the poem at the end it's the way that they do that too and it's all the same too. It's all the same. Like, oh, yeah. I wouldn't be where I'm at today and if it wasn't yeah. for this organization. And then yeah. they say some bullshit. Oh yeah, Neither it was so me. cringe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, but you're they, so they, right. They get up there though, and like the wife gets up there and is telling a story about a raccoon that only likes to eat glazed donuts. I swear to God, that's what she was talking about. She starts up talking about the sharpest knife in the drawer and then just goes off. I'm like, is she, I thought she was like off the pills or something. I thought she was, she was drunk or high. Then our crowns get up there, like our super big shots. And he gets up there and I'm like, tell me how you did it. Like, you know, tell me how to do this. How do I get to where you are? And he's telling a joke about jalapenos. And, and I pranked a buddy of his by telling him that these jalapenos were relish. And then his wife gets up there and talks this story about Navy SEALs that falls about 50 yards shy of making any sense. And here's what's crazy about it. The crowd wasn't picking up on it. They weren't with it either. There was just this awkward silence. But we don't, we don't question it. I mean, I remember I'm sitting there and I got a, my notepad and I just put question marks and I just sit there next to my buddy. I'm like, what the hell is she talking about? 
And he goes, well, this stuff is just kind of more focused on wisdom. I don't need wisdom. I need to learn how to build this freaking business so I can make some money. Fair queens. I'm, I'm trying to keep my language clean. I'm, I'm not, no, you're good. <laughs> so off because it's like, I said, I have grandparents for wisdom, man. You know, I have life for wisdom. I have, I have people who can instill wisdom in me. I don't pay for wisdom. I pay to learn how to grow my business so I can start making some MF and money. That's what this is about. So you're, you're basically, you get in like another Emerald who was a rock star in the group was talking about, you know, immerse your life in this business. And then he even made a, a thing at the end. He said, yeah, but I'm sure some people will be like, we'll just wait till softball season's over. And I was like, that was that Michael Jordan. And I took that personally moment. That was, that was a big yeah. time turnoff for me. It's like, listen, I'm not giving up my passions and what I love to do so I can continue to basically stroke your ego. And, and, and I just, it was so that really that summer conference, I mean, I was still motivated because it takes, sometimes it takes a delayed effect, but really when I look back at that conference, it was like, I learned nothing. I went, you know, five, six hours sleep. We drove 10, 12 hours you know, probably that long, maybe may have been 10, no rest. We didn't even like, even when we had a lunch break, we didn't even go to the pool or anything just to kind of like relax and stuff. We went outside and sat in the heat and ate pizza, all chipped in for pizza and made phone calls. I was like, this sucks. You know, this is just not, this is not good. And it's of course my, my very first blog come to my seminar. You know, I kind of go into detail with that, but yeah. Awful. Yeah. You made a really good point too, um, when we had spoken before about how, you know, in sales, you, when you're in a sales meeting or you're in a sales seminar, you're quite literally listening to ideas when it comes to scripts, you're dialoguing back and forth, you're role-playing, you're figuring out how can I talk to my client? How can I get this client? How can I seal the deal here? And that is what I think you had mentioned that you expected from these conferences is how yes. the hell do you, like, what does it mean? Build your business. And yeah. they don't, they don't outright say it, which is bullshit. Cause it's what it is, is you go out, you talk to people and you convince them to join the business. They don't ever push retail where they, sh they could. Have. I mean, I'm, I know now they do, but only because Amway supposedly allegedly caught on to how they were doing business with the personal use. And if they had said, Hey, this is how you can sell your products. This is the dialogue I would use. This is, you know, just really typical sales stuff that is teaching somebody like mm -hmm. you had said before, this is nothing, but the men, the, the, what do they call it? The mindset. mindset. Yes. Yeah. And, and while that goes so far, it only goes so far. Like, yes, I understand having confidence in what you're doing, but they quite literally say nothing of value in those stupid meetings. You pay all this money to go sit for, like you said, hours and hours during these conferences, you're hungry, you're starving and you're like tired and all you're getting is mindset. And yeah. through the, the honeymoon phase, it's great. I definitely can relate that my first function was fantastic. My first couple, my second year is when it was went fucking downhill fast. Yeah. Um, and what, what was it that you're like, it was, it was this conference, wasn't it? Where you're like, mm, this is fishy. And what did it look like for you to kind of start seeing those red flags and how were you approaching it with your upline? 
it was it was really i mean it started to be like i mean like and that's really one of the reasons why they they run you like dogs because they want you to be sleep deprived because your sensory de- sensory deprivation is a big thing with cults you know um you you, you it's like with the brain videos david koresh would preach all night long and you know they'd just be wore down and over it and then you know you can start kind of needling you know people with stuff and so there was like I was upset because we had five people sleeping in a hotel room, five to six guys in a hotel room, you know, which is illegal, um, which kind of really it was the mixed messages. But it starts out the first red flag after the conference, you know, of course, I mean, there's red flags all over the place. It was like, you know, Mother Russia. But I we were standing outside the hotel. I think it was when we we're standing outside the hotel. Or it was the first voice messages that we got from our upline platinum. And he said the first First item, okay, you know, great guys, summer guy, great summer conference guys, blah, 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 blah. He goes, first order of business, let's get our fall tickets locked in. I'm like, what, huh, what? Wait, 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 wait. We just got done. Literally, we're not even on the road yet from summer conference. And you're already saying that the first $100 we get in our wallet should not go to buying sample products, gas money to show plans, this, that, and the other, we're going to pay for our fall tickets. That right there was probably the moment you realized that this was a racket. So then we get back and I had had a downline. I'd already had a, a downline that I recruited. He was in, he was, he was just going to the summer conference. And now the conferences were supposed to be the things that kind of boosted you and made you want to go is the pep rally. You know, we get back and the next day. He says, listen, I hope you don't hate me, but I'm not going to join. And I was like, you know, Honestly, man, I, I, I wasn't very upset. I was upset that he wasn't joining, but I wasn't mad at him. And I said, why? And he said, you know, they just seemed real materialistic. And, you know, he said, you know, incorporating Christianity. And I said, Bible's very, Warren's was very strict about that kind of thing. You know, he's very clear on that. And I said, yeah, I, I hear you, you know. And I remember just thinking, okay, that was supposed to make him want to join. And it just drove him away. And so you start, start kind of, you know, so that happens. So this is about a month after summer conference. Actually, I don't think it was a month. I was playing a softball game and I had a weekly business briefing after that. I blow my knee out running to first base. First at bat, I blow my knee out. I re-aggravated re- I had a knee injury, you know, and I re-aggravated it. I'm freaking die. I mean, it's just the pain. I feel like somebody stuck an ice pick in my ACL. I <clears throat> do not go to the hospital. Of course, I didn't have insurance at the time, so I probably couldn't have. But I don't go home to recuperate or rest up. I drove to new to thirty minutes away to go to a weekly business briefing with the group. I'm oh my hobbling. gosh! I'm hobbling. I'm hurting, but I sit there and I do it. Pain gets to be a little too much. And I mean, I'm there 15, 20 minutes probably, and I mean, the pain just got to be too much. I'm like, guys, I gotta go, man. I gotta get home. I just, I said, this is her. I'm hurting too bad. You know, I can't do it. I leave. So we end up. I end up showing the plan a week or two later to my buddy, you know, so we're, you know, I'm, I'm working hard. And then I had mentioned to Matthew that I was possibly going to try to pursue a coaching opportunity in Indianapolis uh, with this coach. I really wanted to work with didn't work out, but I just mentioned that, you know, I was going to probably move up there. So we, like I said, we just got done showing a plan. He says to me down outside. He goes, look, you know, I know weekly business briefing show. It's, it's a lot. You got to drive everything. But, you know, you leave it early. I'm like, I was hurt, dude. Like, hurting. Blew my knee out. Shouldn't should even come. But I tried to come to gut it out, you know, to grow my business. And 
then he said, you know, and then you're wanting to go up and coach and, you know, you got softball going on and all this, you know, you're missing things because you got softball and all this. And he said, if you're not going to donate, you know, if you're not going to put your time in, that's fine, but I'm going to put, I'm going to spend time with somebody who's going to put the time in, who's going to spend more time building their business. Yes. I'm thinking we just showed a plan. You F and a hole, you know, and, and we just showed a plan. I'm putting the time in. I'm sorry that I'm not, you know, doing what that Upline Emerald said and immersing my life in this business. But so it really sent me into it. I got into, fell into a depression. And, you know, I, I just, I remember we got on a call with Mr. Prince. And Mr. Prince, I was a huge fan of at the time. But he, his summer conference speech, which, you know, you can look for in this, the post of a, called A Cause for Concern, how he had kind of, driven me away but I was on a conference call with him talking to the group and usually I would have been excited about this and I just wanted to I just wanted to get off I'm like this is doing nothing I, I this is nothing you know I just I'm wasting my time yeah. and I, I I got off early I just hung up and I remember I was out um so so my friend who who wanted to join wasn't going to you know who who did who was going to join and then didn't said he would be a customer of mine. He would at least register a customer and help me support my business. I'm like, I appreciate that. Well, he hadn't registered yet. And I remembered I was, I was doing this job for my grandma at her church. And I get a text from Matthew that says, has he registered as a customer with you yet? I said, no, not yet. And he says, well, you've known him long enough, long enough, call him out on it. Call him out on it. Um, and, And it just, it just kind of dwindled. And I remember he texted me about something coming up or some kind of conference call or some, some other. And I remember he said, he, I didn't respond. And he just said, don't lose your fire, big guy. You know, it was already extinguished. And then I finally just unloaded everything on him. And I said, you know, right now, I just don't want to be around the team. I don't want to be involved in this. This is just, there's so many red flags, you, you know, you've been spazzing out over this, that, and the other. And, he immediately calls me and, and we get into a pretty big fight and he, he back starts backpedaling on everything he was saying. No, I was just saying this. I'm like, no, you were saying this, bro. And you know, it, I, I, I love the guy to death and I still do. And like I said, we haven't talked about it since then, but Matthew is a good person and, and I, I don't fault him at all. He was just trying to, he was caught up in that thing, but it was like, I hadn't tell him like, bro, you have like drunk. I told him, I said, you've drunk the Kool-Aid. You know, because yeah. I because I asked him when I asked him, where does the money go? He ends up saying, you know what, Taylor, I don't care where the money goes. And I said, you've drunk the Kool-Aid, bub. They got you. Yeah. And he he did not appreciate that. And, you know, then uh, I was going to Evansville a day later and he calls me and is like, you know, look, I don't want you talking to the other, you know, guys on the team. You know, you could kill their dream. And I, you know, I said, look, I'm not going to do I, I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to be a poison pill. Because they'll find sure. out for themselves, and all of them did. None of them were yeah. still active in the business. None of them; they were all done in a year or two. He, I guess, he called um, my friend who quit. You know, because I told him about what he said, and of course, my friend didn't want any trouble. He's a real non-confrontational kind of guy, and he didn't yeah. want to deal with it. You know, and I mean, I shouldn't have thrown his name out there, but it went to, to Matthew in the conversation. I should have just, you know, left him out of it. But yeah, it. And it, and it kind of from that point, like I remember our upline platinum tried to reach out to me and I ignored him. And then our upline emerald reached out to me and I was wow. like, Whoa, that's the big guy or like, yeah, close yeah. To the big guy. I mean, it was, and it was funny. Cause I wrote about him too in my blog. I think that was uh, 
freedom and examination in real and I put realty, but then I inserted the I in the middle reality and realty um, because he was financially free. He had actually had a video of him golfing his alarm clock while the rest of the URA shouted freedom. You know, you know how they ceremoniously will destroy their alarm clocks. Yeah. And now he's selling real estate. I remember he actually, a few years ago, he, he averaged, he posted on his Instagram, his real estate card. And I'm like, I thought you were retired. And he, he didn't respond. Um, and I finally, just after a few years, I just unfriended him. You know, I was like, I just have nothing more for the guy. You know, I, I hope, you know, and he was a really nice guy too, but that was the, you know, I really never, he was never like snobbish like the rest of yeah. them were. He actually seemed like a pretty genuinely good dude, but there's no way you didn't know. Yeah. There's no way you didn't know. And I think that I really hope that he can eventually find some remorse. And, and you know, I, I still, Matthew has never talked to me about the business. I don't know if he, I mean, I, I would hope, I hope that he feels remorse too. It's like, I know that he didn't necessarily mean to do anything, but he did. And, and it's like, I tried to get people, in the, I apologize to everyone I tried to get in the business. My friend included. Oh my gosh, I wish I could do the same. Yeah, yeah, I've done that to everybody I know, but I wish I could go to all the strangers and be like, dude, I'm so sorry I did this to you yep. or tried. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we didn't just like Matthew didn't know, you know, he he didn't he really just but he genuinely believed in making a better life for himself. And I, I had made a post about that about called Coach K could have killed it in cultism. I made a big post of alliteration because our upline platinum was Matthew's assistant coach in college in baseball. And I thought about how terrible that was because as a coach, you know, your kids, your players, they look up to you and you have a very strong mental influence over some of them. And I would have never used that to try to get, and I mean, you could say they're up on platinum got into the business for the right reasons too. But when you actually, when I look at it and I've talked to a lot of people who had dealt with him, they didn't like him either, you know? So I feel like, I feel like he was kind of complicit in the whole thing, you know, I mean, maybe he wasn't, but just in my family my family likes everybody and i remember when he came down for a a bit he didn't like they didn't like him either they just said he had the worst vibe to him real snobbish and you know it's unfortunate but yeah yeah no absolutely no you're good um so now that you're out of the business and and it's i mean it's just so sad to hear like how many negative impacts it had on you and on everybody who has left and and had to have this kind of self realization where it's like oh shit like they kind of got me and i know it took me some time personally to get over that and i know some other people like got over it immediately and it, everybody's journey is different but so now that you're out of the business what do you do and, and what is your life like today well my life is not belonging to a cult. I can tell you that, you know, I mean, I have my own place now, and, you know, I have a, a steady job with, with decent income and, you know, I, I still get to do the things I love. Um, I, I work out, I, I'm playing music now. I actually have launched kind of a quote unquote music career. You know, I do covers and bars and stuff. I have a YouTube channel. Um, if you want to check it out, you can, you can use my name, Taylor Eversoul. It's uh, you just YouTube, YouTube my name um, and you should find my channel, but you know, I'm, I'm able to just pursue my hobbies and, but what I've, as far as this goes, I mean, it just, I, it really irks me that there are people out there doing this to, to people. It's not right. And it's, it's manipulative and cultish and it's even to, to an extent evil. You know, I think it, it can be very evil, you know, and I, I you know, as, as I, I have a lot of people use a lot of words to describe me. 
But one thing that kind of gets thrown around there is that is real and genuine, you know, and I, I could never, I'm not saying I'm a, you know, a great person or anything. I've made my fair share of mistakes in life. There's a lot of moments even recently that I wish I could undo, but I, I don't, I, I could never stand on a stage and lie to people like that and convince them to, you know, keep paying their money towards this money, make me richer while, you know, I'm, so, and I mean, that's what I, I mentioned in my blog was that, you know, Robert De Niro in the movie Casino, he said, you know, you talk about when he ran a casino, he said, that's like selling people dreams for cash. And that's exactly what, what these LOAs do. They are selling you a dream for cash. You are buying a dream, but that's the whole point. A dream is not reality. And I think the fact that you are selling, you know, it's not even... You're not even a, to, to call you a snake oil salesman would be a compliment because there is actually there, there, snake oil is actually tangible, you know. Yeah. It may be crap, but it's actually it's an actual physical thing. You can actually yeah. purchase snake oil, and there's some kind of an oil in there, and that they're selling you nothing. They're right. selling you. Uh, they're selling you hope, you know, ambition. But those are things that you have to create yourself. You know, you can yeah. you know, you go to a motivational seminar, but a motivational seminar like a Tony Robbins thing, they will give you points to make your life better. And while yeah. they do, they do some that in Amway, you know, mindset is important and teaching growth is important, but that's not what they tell you they're selling. Tony Robbins yeah. will say, I am selling you a seminar to help you make your life better and get back on track. They're telling you that you're going to grow your business if you go to these seminars and it's complete. I'm sorry, but it's bullshit. Yeah. It's absolute bullshit. It's yeah. a lot. And- it's dishonest and it's wrong. And not only, but not yeah. only that, they they are you know making it seem like you know they make it this cult like presence. And if you don't do this, you're a loser. Drinking by your Seahawk buddies, you know what I mean? Yeah, we'll wait till softball season's over. I wanted to be like you, mf like. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was, that that infuriated me. So no, that's a good. That's a really all fantastic points. I think that that's so important for people to know. And and we're not saying don't join. We're saying that this is our experiences. It seems that there's so many like this. So just saying, but this is what you can expect if you do join, you know, do your actual research. A lot of these places will say, do your research, but ignore, you know, X person, you know, ignore Daniela or Danny on the X's and T podcast. What does she know? It's like, I'm showing you my face. I'm telling you, these are my experiences. If that's what you choose to believe in. Okay. No shame to you. Um, I will. It's a hot snow lesson. Like I said, some people just got to get their yeah. fingers burnt off before they learn like this ain't it, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I've had friends, so, the friend who actually got me in, not Matthew, but the guy who got me in said, you know, he didn't regret his time, you know, because he learned a lot of things that have helped him in his sales career. I said, yeah, but they took a yeah. lot of money to do that, man. Yeah. And that's the sad good part. As they say it is, you'd still be in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, anyways, I really appreciate your time coming on here. We have actually been going for just over an hour. So, <laughs> um, I, again, I want to thank you so much. Um, and again, you have to check out his blog, the financial Jonestown. I will be linking that on Instagram. I will link it in the show notes on Spotify and Apple music. And I will actually also post your YouTube link, which I found here as well with your music covers, which looks like right. I'm excited to dive right. into. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, are there like last final thoughts you want to leave people with like if there's one thing that you would want people to know and be aware of what would that be 
you know, a lot of, yeah, I remember Larry Winters, I was watching a thing with him, you know, he, he's the, he's the leader of LTD, you know, he talks about how bloggers have to justify why they didn't make it and things of that nature. And it, it's not, we're not doing this to, to be spiteful, you know, I mean, we are angry, but we're trying to, like, I've read stories of people who have lost everything for this business. I was blessed enough to see the writing on the wall. And so I, I guess if, if, you know, people, I mean, I mean, it's important to understand people have killed themselves over this. There have been people who have yeah. committed suicide. Now, granted, I mean, it's, I, I studied in college about the threshold effect that you're already in this threshold before something sets you off, you know, so it's not necessarily that particular thing. It may not be Amway, but you know, they, they definitely contribute because you took these people who were down and swindled them and you laughed all the way to the bank while they lost everything. But I'll, I'll say this, you know, in conclusion, I know I get on these, tan, these, these rants, but if, if you have, if you've listened to this podcast or you've read my blog and you still want to join, join. All, I'm not saying necessarily don't join because of this. I'm saying if you do join, pay attention to what we've said. Pay attention to what you have said on your podcast. Look at these things and then look for them when you're in the business. And that's your sign. When you see it, run. Because I'm yeah. telling you, we can't all be wrong. <laughs> we're all telling, exactly. we're all telling, we're all telling different stories, but it all has the same content. It's like a Friday the 13th franchise. It's like, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. you know, this scenario, that's you know, but she's running around hacking people with machetes, okay? It's the same thing. <laughs> so yeah. Just pay attention to what we to what we've said and and look for those things. You know, we we're giving you the, the the map of the red flags, man. Yeah. No, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Your story is is really a unique one, and I think a lot of people are are going to appreciate it. Um, so again, oh, thank you. And um, so definitely check out his blog, check out his YouTube channel, and you can follow the X's and T podcast on Instagram at X's and T underscore podcast, TikTok X's and T underscore podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple music, and maybe YouTube in the future. We're still working on that. So thanks everybody. Appreciate your time and we'll catch y'all in the next episode. <laughs>